The following program has been furnished and paid for by Kevin Seven Financial Services, and KSCV is not responsible for its content or the products or services offered. Welcome to Your Finances with Kevin Seven here on KSCV. A show about finance and retirement planning. And now, here's your host, Kevin Coogley. Hello and welcome to Your Finances, where we are taking your call live on the air. You can call in here to AM 700 KSEV. That number is 281-558-5738. 5738 actually spells KSEV on your phone. So if you remember 281-558 and then KSEV, you can speak to us live about your finances. My name is Kevin. I own the financial firm Kevin7. Today is Wednesday, November the 15th. As we are wrapping up the show here, this is we have two more Wednesdays left on KSEV 700 AM. We always invite you to call in if you think we might be able to help you with a financial issue that you may have, financial planning. If you need that, feel free to call us at 877-KEVINS-7. That's the number to call to get on the calendar. We can do a Zoom call or perhaps meet in person if that's a possibility. Always good to meet in person if you don't like traffic. Like I do. I do not like that traffic. Uh, potentially, we can do it on a Zoom call. And we have somebody standing up, standing by always on that 877 number that can help set you up with a Zoom call. If you've never been on Zoom before, boy, it beats sitting in traffic. I'll tell you that. So we always love to meet with people in person, Zoom. Now, what we don't like to do is email back and forth and text message back and forth. So that's what we call the lowest end of the hierarchy of communications. That is down there around with smoke signals. And sometimes when people text message back and forth or email message back and forth, it's like smoke signals. And you don't really understand what's going on. You don't even hear the tone of the voice of the people. So that's why we always recommend people meet with their financial advisor in person or via Zoom call especially if you're starting a new relationship. And then, you know, you can be on the phone with them, potentially. Uh, it's always good, though, to, to be in person or Zoom before, uh, you know, you try to email or text message back and forth. That can get confusing at times. I think text message is just good to tell somebody you're running late or you're going to be there at a certain time, that kind of thing. So today in the studio, we have the wonderful Gary Knight. Well, hello, everybody. How you doing, Kevin Seven? Terrific. Listen, we have, uh, well, we could talk about the market. I'd like to know if we're doing all right. Is the market favorable? Well, the market has been doing really well over the last couple of weeks. That S&P 500 is at 4502. And you know, you can, we can look at futures markets and see what the after-hours trading is doing. It's a little bit off in after-hours. It closes at 3 p.m. Central Time, and then you'll start seeing the futures. So a lot of things change. You know, you can see what the market's doing after the close or before the open, and sometimes that really doesn't have too much bearing on what's going to happen the next day, but it's always fun to look at. So there you have it. You have markets been going up for a while. Last couple of weeks, Fed funds rate is still right there at 5.33. The 10-year Treasury has dropped. We remember the 10-year Treasury yield went over 5% about less than a month ago. And now it's all the way down to 4.5. So we see this inverse relationship with the 10-year treasury yield and the stock market. Whenever that 10-year treasury yield goes up, as it was in October, the market came down. Now the 10-year treasury yield has come back down 
from five. It came down to 4.37 right now, and that has helped with the markets. And we saw the uh, consumer price index came out not as hot as expected. So that would mean that we're going to probably stay the same with the Fed funds rate. We're not going to see any change here before the end of the year. Maybe next year we will see a decrease in the Fed funds rate. So that is what is going on currently in the markets. Now, we are seeing some cracks in the economy, however. You know, we like to talk about personal finance, your finances, but obviously how the markets are doing and how the economy is doing has an effect on your finances. So we are starting, we are seeing a few cracks in the economy. Credit card delinquencies are going up. Not a good thing. You know, if As you've heard us say on this show many times before, always pay off that credit card debt. And with the Ramsey Solutions, they say that is baby step number two, pay off all of your credit cards. I see these things on TV, these ads. I've had a credit card. I put $8,000 on it. It would take me about 10 years to pay this off. Is that true? Good grief, yes. And you know what? These... These credit card interest rates, they have gone up. As we talked about, we went from just a couple of years ago to a Fed funds rate of zero, and it has jumped all the way up to, as I said earlier, 5.33. Now, that is an incredible jump in interest rates. So that's just what the banks are borrowing at. Now, These banks, credit card companies, mortgage companies, they pass that along to the end consumer. So the credit card rates fluctuate. They might have been lower in the past. Now they've gone up more. So we recommend don't pay interest on a credit card. Pay it off every month if you're going to use a credit card, right? Because the the interest rates are phenomenally high on credit cards. So that's uh, bad. You don't want to pay money. There's a reason why these banks have these huge, beautiful buildings all over town. It's, they're, they're, they're making money off of the consumer, right? So don't, uh, don't pay in unnecessary interest. Credit card debt is bad debt. Mortgage debt, not so much. I can say billions of dollars with credit cards around the world, I would think. Yeah. It's that's crazy. Yeah. And it's going to it could potentially cause a crack in the economy because credit card delinquencies are going up. Interest payments are going up. So all of that will have an effect during the Christmas season that's coming up. And so, you know, these are things that can make people who are market watchers tentative about going in. Right. As now you you could see we, we we got people out in the end of September or I guess early September and avoided a lot of the losses. Now it's going back up. So the question is, is this market truly uh, going to stay up and keep on going up? Well, we don't know. It's hard to say on a day to day basis. But uh, it's That's- yes. Go ahead. That's what scares me. Like you say, nobody knows what this market's going to do. But say, I, here's an example. I lost $8,000 for my 401k. If I have money, should I put that same amount of money back in, or is that a stupid move? Well, it you're, in it for the, you're in it for the long run. If you're not going to use this money for three years plus, typically you're going to be better off being in the market. The, the main concern about what's going on, particularly with the S&P 500, is what they call market breadth. So that is the number of companies that are participating in the uptick recently in the market. And it's not that high. It's actually dropped. There were only 44% of companies a week ago that were participating with above their 200-day moving average. So you want to have a higher 
participation. You want that participation of companies in the S&P 500 to be about 75, 80% of all of those companies. That's a bigger and wider breadth of participation in the S&P 500 above their 200-day moving averages. But we're not seeing anywhere close to the 80, 85% level. It went from 44, now it's actually down to 42%. So that is a concern short-term or on a tactical basis of if this recent uptick is for real. Now, last year, if you remember, I don't know if you looked at your statements or you looked at the stock market at the end of last year, Gary, but... Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it was... Oh, it was was a rough December in 2022. And so, and it was particularly... The large part of what's driving the S&P 500 up are these mega cap tech companies. Now, investors are obviously seeing them as a safe haven because they have extraordinarily huge balance sheets and really strong cash flow. So it makes sense why a lot of investors want to sink. They're going to sink money into cash, put it in these big mega cap tech name stocks. And so that's what we've been seeing. So, But there are technical issues that happen when you have something called the RSI Relative Strength Index, and it could be up there getting overbought. So there are concerns, but to ask, answer your question, what should I be doing? Well, if you're in it for three years plus, you're fine on a strategic basis. The S&P 500 is going to outperform any investment choice out there the majority of the time, three, four years plus. So... We tactically, whenever we move people out of the market, it's just to add 3 to 5% of their overall return within a year. So that's what you're looking at as far as the market breadth goes. And you want to have a lot of participation. You, you don't want to have four or five companies in the S&P 500 that are driving the whole performance. You want all of the companies... You want a larger breadth of the S&P 500 participating in the gains. And we're not seeing that currently, which could potentially be a, a, a cause of concern, at least on the short-term basis. Now, on the positive side, we are seeing smaller cap stocks. And what, what does that mean, smaller cap stocks? Well... Smaller market capitalization. What is market capitalization? Market capitalization is the value that Wall Street assigns to a company. So if everybody is buying a company's stock, that makes their market capitalization, that makes the company's market capitalization go up. So they have a larger market capitalization. Smaller cap companies, they don't Not as many people have bought that stock, right? So Wall Street's not assigning smaller cap companies the value as they would a large cap company like Apple or Alphabet, which are multi-trillion dollar market cap companies. But we are very supportive of small businesses. And whether mostly privately owned or even the small cap stocks. If you're looking at small cap stocks, one index to look at is the Russell 2000. So the name will tell you pretty much what's represented in that, right? S&P 500 is 500 different stocks, large company American stocks. The Russell 2000 is 2,000 stocks. So they're, even though it's a larger number, there are going to be more small companies in that index. And with that Russell 2000, we are starting to see a little bit more participation on the upside. You know, typically the main indices that I look at on a daily basis are the S&P, the Dow, and the Russell 2000. So interestingly enough, the small business optimism index came out earlier this week. They weren't that optimistic. 
not really a good sign for the economy either, because these small businesses of America, without question, hands down, are the main job providers in the American economy. So that's why we here on KSEV 700 AM in the Kevin Seven Show are 100% behind small business owners. They truly are the driver of employment in America. So get out and support your small businesses because that is, we always like to say, buy local, buy from people you know, it's always advantageous to help people out, right? And source product locally if possible. And it's, they're going to build their employee base locally the majority of the time. Small businesses will. So there you have it. Small businesses drive the American economy. And we always hear about the large businesses. A lot of them are private. You can actually invest in small businesses that are private. They have uh, direct participation programs. You can ask a financial advisor. We use one that actually has its roots in radio. It's Westwood One Radio. They started a private equity management fund. It's kind of like a Warren Buffett, but Warren Buffett is so big, he manages hundreds of billions of dollars, so they can't go in and buy small businesses to some degree and have any kind of an effect on their overall return because they have so much money. You know, If they buy a small business and the small business triples in size in three years, they're not going to be able to show that much growth in their overall and performance in Berkshire Hathaway. So you can get with a financial advisor and invest in these smaller private equity type companies. So through something like we use a direct CNL, Levine Lechman is one that we use, and they've had performance that has been fantastic. There's a disadvantage of going into these, though. Typically, you are going to have only quarter liquidity. So it's not like daily liquidity. What the heck is liquidity anyway? Well, any major stock or stock index, usually you can buy and sell, particularly if it's an ETF, you can buy and sell in the middle of the day and you can get cash for that. Yeah, it takes you two days to get the cash, but you're, boom, you sell it one that day and you can know the price you got it. Within two days, you get the cash in your, in your account. So that is what daily liquidity is. These, a lot of these programs, that's why it's very important that you know every investment choice that you go in. Something like a, a private equity fund that you go into or through a, the chassis on it, it's called a direct participation program. They only have quarterly liquidity. So you say, hey, financial advisor, I want to get my money out. You're going to have to wait till the end of the quarter to withdraw your money. So this is something that you don't want to go into unless you've got, again, three years worth of time that you're going to just sit it in there and let it ride. And in particular, you don't want to have you, – you want to know three – uh, three months in advance or at least a quarter in advance before you want to withdraw money out of that investment because it's not very liquid. It has only quarterly liquidity. So those are the – everything we talk about is trade-offs. So you want to have maybe exposure into that. And typically, we can only do about 10% of somebody's money into a private equity fund anyway. But that is something that's really cool that maybe you didn't hear about in the past, private equity investment through a depart- direct partnership. We have Roy coming up on the telephone when we return. 281-558-573. All right. Roy Morales. Having a hard time knowing what kind of income you may expect in retirement? Kevin Seven is a financial planning firm. We take you from financial confusion to financial confidence. A financial plan takes into account what you're making, spending, and saving, and forecasts that into the future. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7. That's 877 877- 877 
538-4677. We can schedule an appointment for you via Zoom, phone, or even in person. Or visit us on our website at kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. Beijing Biden wants to surrender a major military advantage to communist China. Beijing Biden also wants to free up $10 billion more billion for China ally, the number one state sponsor of terrorism, Iran. Isn't it fair to say that the number one security threat to the United States is Joe Biden and the Democrat Socialist Party? We talk about it in great detail coming up on The Chris Salcedo Show. See you at 7 o'clock after Lance on AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. All right. And we are back on the Kevin Seven Financial Show. And we spoke last week about Veterans Day and how great this country is. And now we have on the line with us we have the Honorable Roy Morales, retired United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel after three years that is running for Houston at large, number four. Roy, welcome to the show. Well, Kevin, thanks for having me uh, this evening. Uh, I was just listening to a little bit about your uh, business advice. Uh, we still need to talk about that, but right now, we got to get ready for an election that's coming up in a couple of weeks, starting November 27th, and then the election days on the 9th. So it's just around the corner here. Yeah, go ahead and tell us the area of town that you're in, uh, Roy, so everybody that listens to the show will, will know if they can vote for you. Well, if you live in the city of Houston, so 600 square miles, uh, you can vote for Roy Morales. I'm running for average. It's number four. We have five at-large seats. And we have uh, uh, four of them that will be up for uh, uh, election come uh, December 9th. So it is the whole city. Fantastic. So anybody in the city of Houston can vote for Roy Morales, who is a veteran. We had lunch yesterday, and we we had a show prior to Veterans Day, Roy, and we're talking about how great this country is. And Roy and I were sitting next to each other at this luncheon, and there was a, a woman that she was trying to get closure with her family when she lost her father in Vietnam. And let me tell you something. This is such a great country that we live in in America. They went in the same uh, military branch as you, Roy. The, the, the Air, Air Force. Force. Yeah. yeah. He, he got shot down, and the family needed closure. They found uh, is actually a, a tooth, so it was verified that it was this gentleman that uh, died in a plane crash over, and I, I think it was right outside of Vietnam in Laos. And it was just it wore my heart to to know that this country takes care of its veterans, and even in, in today's you know we we think about politics and and some of the negative things. This country still takes care of its own. And uh, that was just a beautiful, beautiful message we heard uh, from the daughter of some. And she, I guess she was, she was in her late fifties or sixties now. And this happened in the back in the seventies. And it was just only a few years ago that they had a service, a memorial service for this downed airline pilot. And they, they did a flyover and everything. the The governor showed up. The governor of the state of Texas showed up for the 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 memorial service for the uh, downed veteran. I mean, wow. So just a heartwarming story that Roy Morales and, and I got to hear back on Tuesday. And, yeah, it was uh, heartwarming. And we really like to honor our veterans, and that's why I wanted to bring Roy on the show and let you know. And I know the values of the, the listeners of this audience and Roy Morales is a fantastic choice for somebody that uh, you can vote for within the city of Houston that has your values here. So, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Roy. Anything else you'd like to share or you want to talk about how you're going to control the finances once you get into City Hall? 
Well, that's where we got to start with zero-based budgeting. We've got to get control of these departments, and they have to come up and be creative. I, I used to be in charge of a department in the city of Houston with the Houston Emergency Center, and you got to understand it's not my money, it's the people's money. And, I, you know, I, I learned that in the Air Force. You have to be very frugal, and you have to be able to try to execute your program within budget. And, in fact, when I activated the 911 dispatch center, I, you know, was a $25 million budget. I did it on time and under budget. And that's what every department head should do. Uh, in addition, I had lunch today with um, a few developers, and their biggest complaint was that the permitting office causes havoc, not all in large corporations, but even small businesses, having to wait months to get their permit to build. And that's why you have a lot of companies, franchises, that like to build outside of the city of Houston. You, you, you can see some of these fast food, uh, food chains like In-N-Out Burger and others like them. They like to stay in the county because they don't like to go through the bureaucracy that the city of Houston has. And these workers within the city, they need to understand their paycheck comes from these companies. It's just ridiculous right. that uh, they don't understand. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's yeah. a fantastic point. I was, uh, you know, lived in Houston many, many years, and I thought, hey, man, it's pretty cool in Houston because you don't have zoning still, right? And you could that's correct. throw up a business. You know, it has some disadvantages, but I like the more libertarian view of you can be build and do whatever you want. You don't have all this government regulation sitting on top of you trying to control you, right? That's correct. That's correct. I mean, that's, I mean, your castle should be your castle, right? And that's, that's why I don't like uh, me personally. I live in an area with uh, acreage, no HOA, um, and uh, I love it. You know, wow. I, I don't like someone telling me how to, you know, run my my house. Well, I want Innenburger and In and Out Burger inside the city of Houston. I don't want to have to drive all the way <laughs> far out to Katy to get an In and Out Burger. I didn't. Oh, even that's right. You're that. from California, like me. <laughs> well, part time. Yeah, we right. we we lived with uh, In and Out Burger. So, well, at least they're here. I have to drive a few miles, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't realize, Roy. Did you grow up in uh, California as well? Uh, well, kind of. My whole Air Force career, I'd say 75% of it right. was uh, Los Angeles, Vandenberg, the Bay Area. So I spent a lot of time there before yeah. I got a chance to come back home to Texas. Oh, yeah. So Texas is home for you, as yeah. it is for me. I went to junior high and high school here and went out there for to California for grad school. And so, yeah, it's good to be back here in Texas. And on the radio show, and by the way, I ran for Beverly Hills City Council when I was there, and I did not win. So don't listen to anything I have to say, Roy. About <laughs> you got, well, you, you've got more funding and more votes than I ever got, though. So well, this go. is this is my uh, fourth runoff. So I think we we've got it down. We just need to raise the funds, and we need to execute our program. And We've got name ID, and we just need to go get a few more votes to end up the winner on December 9th. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining the show, Roy, and we wish you the best of luck. Again, it's Roy Morales, Houston at large, number four. Give him a vote, and you are going to be doing what we were talking about with small business. We're very pro-small business we want small business owners to succeed, and no question, and I'm a small business owner. I own my own financial planning firm. So Roy Morales is the ticket that you should take a strong look at, vote for him. Love our veterans, too. Lieutenant Colonel Roy Morales. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. And just visit uh, www.royalmorales.com. Find out more. Thank right. you. Sounds good. Take care, Roy. Seems like a nice guy. 
Yeah, very nice guy. Uh, we were talking. We still have time. Did you want to bring up the, the going paperless? You know, the oh, scams yeah. and all that nasty stuff going on out there. Yeah, we have. You know, back when I first started in the industry in '97, being a financial advisor, everything was on paper. In fact, email just came out then, and. As I went through my career, I was a vice president with J.P. Morgan Chase, was in a bank. You could see how the industry was moving towards paperless, and it was people were resistant to the change of moving towards paperless. But as I've seen, I think it might be safer today to have everything done, uh, you know, encrypted online than even having paper out there that could potentially be read if you don't shred it on a daily basis. So you want to make sure that your finances are always protected. Email. You want to make sure that <laughs> there are scams out there that you can receive an email and it looks like your bank, but it's not your bank. And you always want to click on if it doesn't, if it, something looks off, click on the email address where it's coming from. If that email address does not look familiar, and I get these all the time from Amazon, by the way. Oh, it looks you? like it's an Amazon email. Click here. And what it is, it's a phishing scam. So the bad actor sends an email, makes it look like it's from Amazon. The, the graphics in the email look like Amazon. Then you click or tap on that graphic. It opens up a website that looks like Amazon, but it's not really Amazon. So you've got to be careful. And if you're ever in doubt and you get an email from a financial institution, do not even click or tap on the embodiment of the email. Close your email if you're in question, and then open up, go directly to the website that you have hopefully saved on your browser or the app on your phone or on your tablet, and then you can see if they sent you a message. And by the way, your bank's never going to call you and say, hey, we need your, you to verify something, blah, blah, blah. That's a scam, potentially. So you always... Want to be very careful when you're receiving electronic information by email. But that's why it's always important to look at the who's sending your email. And they might say, you know, on the email, Amazon, for instance. You tap on Amazon and then you, wait a second, this is not Amazon.com where the email's coming from. And then you close your email, then you go directly to Amazon website and log in. And if you always have a even question beyond that, it never hurts to call the institution, whether it be an Amazon or a financial institution, directly. So, gotta be careful with what's going on with the way the landscape is. But again, you know, I'm pretty. I I, I would say if you're going to Look at going paperless. I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I, I like it. So you just got to be careful whenever you receive an email, right, to make sure that it's it's who they say they are. And so we can't drive that home enough. And we have, you know, I was listening to uh, some constables yesterday. We might have one of them call in. They were talking about how, these romance scams are a big deal now, and they're trapping more people than you can think, particularly the elderly. So, and what they do is they meet somebody online, and the person online on the other end, you don't know who it is. You don't even really know their gender, and you don't know where they're located. They could be on the other side of the planet, and they will... Tell an elderly person, you know, the, all the things that they know. These people, these con artists, I guess you could call them. Nasty. Yeah, they, they know human psychology. So you always want to make sure, if you're an elderly person, that that scam exists where they're just trying to get your money. And once somebody you've ever met before and you've not seen them in person and they want your money, 
big red flag. So, and with another, so that's a romance scam. Also, there's another scam out there where they'll call somebody who's elderly, and they can find on social media that this particularly elderly person has kids, has grandkids, and they will call the elderly person and say, your grandkid is in jail, and you need to send money right here to this phone number. To what, what. Now, if anybody ever asks you to wire money, that is a huge red flag. I can't think of an, a time in today's society you know, where you really need to wire somebody some money. That is a huge red flag. So, and the constables that were speaking on, on this, uh, you know, cybersecurity fraud, they were saying that, you know, they were laughing at the concept that actually a jailer would call somebody and ask them for money. That will never happen in America, and it won't even happen in Mexico. So they also do that scam. They say, oh, your grandkid is in Mexico. You need to send us money. And so all a scam. So you got to be very careful out there. We want to protect our elderly people. And, you know, if you have parents or grandparents that are elderly, be aware of these scams. The romance scam, the, hey, your grandkid is in jail scam, send money. Anytime they, somebody you've never met in person, they try to get your money. They try to get you to send them money. That's a big, big red flag. And wiring money, uh, usually it winds up being, being a scam. There are you know, certain instances where wiring money makes sense. But it's, if it's somebody you're not 100% sure who they are, don't wire money. And one thing is something the, – these scammers, they, they put pressure on you immediately. So the best thing to do, particularly if you're elderly and you're, maybe you're on your own, pause, sit down, relax, call a family member and discuss the issue with them. So it's uh, your family members love you and you want to run anything like that by them. Don't ever feel embarrassed by it. That's how these scammers operate. They will try to embarrass people as well. And any parent or any child should always know, you know, maybe people make mistakes, obviously, but the, they want people, these scammers, they want people to be embarrassed so they won't report them. So obviously they need to be reported to the proper law enforcement. And then, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's a concern out there, so and, and you should always be careful and watch out for your older parents or your older grandparents, right? So that's a little bit on how to protect the elderly. And, you know, we have a lot of issues with kids being scammed by, uh, you know, people as well so mm. got to watch out for the kids the two most vulnerable groups right so let's switch back talk about what's going on in america and the economy moody's came out with a warning last week about the u.s debt and we heard about this the new speaker of the house they've acted actually extended so there's, they're not going to be a shutdown of government. And I just want all the listeners to know, whenever they do shut down the government, if they do and they're not going to again, they've extended it yet another time, don't ever worry that they're going to shut the, – the, 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 the federal government really exists. The primary reason for the existence of the federal government is to protect you, right? So the U.S. military is going to be funded first. And then don't worry about your Social Security checks either. The government shuts down. You're still going to get your Social Security check, right? So you have a government that's still spending, spending, spending. So there's three rating agencies out there. The S&P 500, Fitch, they've already downgraded U.S. debt. And then Moody's is another ratings company. So they rate debt. Moody's got Moody. Last week, they got moody when they looked at the spending of 
U.S. government, and they didn't like what they saw. What did they see? They saw that uh, the debt is, well, last week in particular, there was an auction. And I mentioned this before. So the U.S. government, with the Treasury, which is under the president, right, the U.S. Yeah. Treasurer, he reports, or she now, reports to the President of the United States of America. They will go in and they will issue debt to cover expenses. And they did that last mm. week. They have what's called the debt auction. So they will issue to, they allow banks to, it, they issue the debt and they allow the banks to distribute them or sell them. Okay. So the U.S. government Last week, they created a 10-year auction. And by the way, the, uh, the House of Representatives did vote to not have a debt ceiling. So we're stuck with no debt ceiling for the next uh, midway through last, next year, which is crazy. I don't know why the U.S. House of Representatives would give their authority of the power of the purse over to the executive branch which ha- you know they the the, U- the executive branch is over the US treasury and just said oh yeah you know you can just issue more debt that's essentially <laughs> what's going on for the next 4 or 5 months crazy so and obviously moody moody's rating system got moody about this last week so they're warning we may downgrade the U.S. debt. That's not a good sign. And so, but anyway, getting back to that auction, they they call it eating or having an appetite. Whenever a, a security is issued, whether it be by a bank, the U.S. government, or a, let's say maybe Apple wants to issue debt, they can issue debt, and the U.S. government issued debt through an auction. There was not very much appetite. People didn't eat or buy U.S. Treasuries, 30-year term U.S. Treasuries, as much as the U.S. government would have liked it last week. So... Does that affect the government when there's not that much? Well, obviously it makes sense. Yeah, you put more money into it, it's going to help a little bit. Yeah, it, it will, it, it'll help sustain. They're just kicking the can down the road and... You're looking at thirty, you know, trillions of dollars in debt. It's it's something the government needs to get out of control. The rating agencies are not pleased with it. So the government needs to stop spending so much money. And you know, it's really, as I said at one time on this show. Balance is truly, really always balanced. Budgets typically always balance. So what's what's the cause? So the, the Fed can print money. The U.S. government can print money because it's not backed by anything. It's a fiat currency, right? So they can continue to print cash. And what does that cause? That causes higher inflation. So when you see the products that you are buying – continue to grow in expenses year after year, that is inflation. And that inflation is caused by the printing of money. So even though they're not raising taxes, even though they're not, they're not getting a handle and stopping the, the ridiculous spending that's going on, they will print more money. And so it passes on to the average American. So it is costing you money. And we talk about Roy Morales. This, all of this, you know, everything intersects together, whether it be the economy, the markets, finances, all, you know, p- politics. And we try to stay away from politics here, although we will have anybody, you know, wants to speak to small businesses and how they will spend money whenever they are in in this case, Houston City Council with Roy Morales, Houston at large, number four. Vote for him because obviously he is pro small business. And that is the driver of the Houston economy. Plus, you want in and out burgers here in 
outside the Houston there, city limits. What, where's it? Where, where's the In and Outs now? Katie, did you mention? Yeah, it's oh. outside. I didn't even realize that. Roy made a good point. Uh, didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah. So, so, feel free to call us here if you'd like to chat. 281-558-5738. And you can always call Susan. Get on the calendar if you'd like to do a financial plan. Take us a look at your finances, your investments. That's 877-KEVINS. Seven KVINS, the number seven. There are three things you need to know when choosing a financial advisor. Number one, experience. Number two, credentials. And number three, judgment ability. I have over 27 years experience in the industry. I am a chartered retirement planning counselor, CRPC, and an MBA. Although past performance doesn't guarantee future results, we can show you that we've delivered results that double the S&P 500. Don't hesitate. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7 or visit us on our website, kevins7.com. Catch Chris X Radio weekdays at 4. In San Francisco, years of filth, crime, drugs, and homelessness were all cleaned up before Chinese leader Xi Jinping showed up for the APEC meeting. When Governor Gavin Newsom was asked why they finally cleaned up the city, he said, They're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. That's true because it's true. They don't even hide it anymore. Chris X Radio, weekdays 4 till 6, right here on The Voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. And we are back talking about the markets, the economy, your personal finances. Do away with credit card debt. How about uh, retirement accounts, beneficiaries? Can you add anything to that? Yes. Oh. Beneficiaries are very important. They don't go through your retirement account. If you have a beneficiary listed, it does not go through probate. So if somebody dies and they have retirement accounts and they have beneficiaries listed, no matter if it's an employer retirement account or an individual retirement account, that's IRA, individual retirement account. You have beneficiaries on that. You know, like a life insurance policy. That beneficiary gets that money. Does not go through probate. If you go to the probate judge and show them the IRA, he goes, I'm, you know, this is not my jurisdiction. That's, and it's not going through probate. So it's whoever is listed as the beneficiary gets the money. So it is extraordinarily important that you continually review your beneficiaries on all of your retirement accounts. And we opened something also for individuals. It's called a TOD account or a transfer on death account. And that also, it has a beneficiary listed on it, so the money goes directly to who the person wants. Joint account for married people, right? Depending on how it's set up, joint with rights of survivorship or tenants in common, <clears throat> has an effect on how your will work is written up with tenants in common. It will do... Half of, to your spouse and tenants in common. The other half goes to whatever your will work says. So all of this beneficiary and retirement accounts and transfer on death accounts and the titling of your joint accounts is extraordinarily important because you're going you're gonna to be a philanthropist when you die. You're either going to be a philanthropist to the government or to who you want it to be, your family members. So most people, obviously, they want to take care of their family members. So that's why it's important to look at your beneficiaries. And we, on our statements that we send out to clients, we show the beneficiaries now on our quarterly statements that we send out because it is that important. You know, the, the balance on your account and how your account is performing is very important. But also, you know, we never know how much time we have left on this earth. So we want to make sure that those assets go where and how we want them to go. We talked about retirement accounts. There's 
two kinds of retirement accounts. They are a traditional retirement account or a trad not a traditional, but a Roth retirement account. And most people, you know, first thing that came out were Roth IRAs, right? Back, I guess it was around the year 2000, maybe a little bit earlier. That's when the Roth IRA came out. Now you can do a Roth 401k or a 403b. What the heck is the difference? Well, a 401k is a for-profit retirement employer retirement account. 403b is a nonprofit. If you work for the government, boy, you can really have a good deal with your retirement savings. There's another one. Not only can you do a nonprofit retirement account, but you can do a government retirement plan defined contribution, which is called a 457. So in a way, you can double up on your retirement contributions by doing a nonprofit and the 403B and a 457. If you're a government worker, you can put a lot of money away in your retirement accounts. And you should never pay taxes on money that you're not using so you want to put that into your employer retirement account. The government, the IRS does this as incentivization to have people save for their own retirements. And uh, this is a good thing. So you don't want to be taxed on money that you're not using. You want that money. If you want to do a traditional, you get the immediate deduction, right? That's why you would do a traditional. If you don't get the immediate deduction with the Roth, so... Usually there's a trade-off in investment choices, and this is packaging that we're talking about, right? So with a, a Roth retirement account, that is a kind of packaging. A traditional retirement account, that's another kind of packaging. A traditional retirement account, you're putting the money in. You get the immediate tax benefit up front. On the back end, that's where the trade-off goes. The positive is a traditional, right? You can put that money into tax deductible, positive up front. And at the end, it's a negative because you have to pay taxes on it. So the inverse is true with the Roth. See you next Wednesday at 6.05 on KSCV AM 700. Call us. Electric Avenue. Electric Avenue. Thanks for listening to Your Finance with Kevin Seven. If you have a question for Kevin during the week, you can call him at 877-KEVINS, the number 7. Or his website is KEVINS, the number 7.com. And join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. for Your Finances with Kevin Seven. Kevin Coogley is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.